From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Caulfield talks to us about what to look for when choosing a new job that goes beyond new equipment and facilities, how dealing with personal injuries can help enhance your communication and empathy with your athletes, and how the education of the sports coaches is the best way to develop a new performance program. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Scott Caulfield. He is currently the Director of Strength Conditioning at Norwich University. Prior to this, he was a Director of Strength Conditioning at Colorado College, and he's also had stops at the NSCA headquarters and Dartmouth College. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jack. Hey, thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. <laughs> Excited. Yeah, definitely. And you know, thanks for being on here. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at Norwich University? Yeah, so this is pretty new. I started here in August. Uh, I have 20 varsity teams in Division oh, Three. Nice. So, okay. yep. Uh, and I had up until uh, starting Monday, I had a part-time assistant. Uh, my I just found out this week that my part-time assistant was getting bumped to full-time and, and huge. That was actually part of my contract. Well, I wouldn't say I don't have a contract, but it was part of the deal when I agreed to come here. I wanted a full-time assistant and they promised me that that would happen without really giving me a timeline, but uh, they already did it and it's whatever, October 20th. So it took two months. So I'm pretty liked about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you guys go about managing? I'm I'm assuming it's pretty close to 10 teams each, but 20 teams and, and, and two coaches is still a lot. So how do you go about managing that? Yeah, we'll, 
Well, we do a lot. We share a lot right now. Uh, my assistant's pretty young and inexperienced, but she's great. Like she's got it. She's going to be awesome. Um, kind of bringing her along and just not really throwing her into the fire too much yet. So like I've kind of just slowly started passing her a few teams and yeah, I don't know if we'll get to like a 10 and 10 kind of situation or not. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give her as much as I can right now without overwhelming her. Cause I don't want her to, you know, just get smashed. So, uh, it's been great because we've been doing a lot of co-coaching with pretty much every team. So she's kind of gotten to see how I coach and how I do things. And, I let her do what she does. So it's been good. Um, eventually, you know, my, I mean, my goal here was building a program and building a staff and, and, you know, continuing to show value and why having strength and conditioning department is so important. And, and the good, I mean, I say the good thing, there's been a ton of turnover here in the past four years. I'm actually the fourth strength coach that some of my seniors have had in their college career. So there's a lot of people are really keen on why, you know, there's been so much turnover. So the more that I'm kind of showing them and educating them about like how to run a department and being a, you know, having, treating your staff professionally and, and, and having strength conditioning coaches that do a lot of outside of the weight room. And I, and I joke because I tell, I told our lacrosse coach this the other day, I was like, you know, right now we're, we only coach weights. Like that's all we have the bandwidth for. Like you, there's not, we would love to do all this other stuff, conditioning, energy system, warm up, regen, mobility, but like, we just don't have the bandwidth. So we can only coach weights. And like, I know everyone here, all the coaches want more than that. So it's like, just, just education and, and showing them, you know, what a real, you know, what it should look like and giving them ideas. And and the more they've gotten, it's, it's again, it's been what, since August 2nd, it's mid-October. And again, we've created a buzz here. Like my assistant and I, people now where you've had in the past, we had a lot of teams and some of the premier teams here, men's ice hockey, wrestling, uh, wouldn't even use the strength and conditioning department or coaches that were here, you know, are now chomping at the bit. And so I've joked that now our, now our good problem to have is that all 20 teams want in and want us, you know, how many days a week can we lift? You know, <laughs> So like, it's a good problem to have, but you know, it's allowing us to show the value of what we do, which has been great. No, absolutely. And you know, what was, what would you say is the biggest contributing factor to that buzz that you're talking about? Or, I mean, a lot of people would look at four strength coaches in, in a very short amount of time and be like, all right, this is where you don't want to go. But, you know, like what, what was like, I guess, what was a contributing factor to be for you? I mean, we all did a lot coming out of the, out of co- that COVID year and I, I got a new job, you got a new job. And, you know, what was the, the thing that made you think like, all right, this is something I want to take on. And what was, how did you create that buzz when you got there to say like, Hey, this is somewhere you're going to want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a unique opportunity that we can probably get into the longer story at some point uh, to be able to come back home. Right. Like uh, people have may have heard or heard me when I took the job, this is like literally the town next to where I grew up in Vermont. I went to basketball camp here every summer. So I knew it was a special place. Um, I knew they had had a lot of turnover. I didn't necessarily know why, you know, I thought originally it was, maybe it was just the pay, 
And, you know, I've even told my boss that a couple of times since I've been here, you know, it wasn't obviously the pay is part of it. You got to pay someone a livable wage to do this position, but um, the facilities here aren't great. They're pretty small. Um, we do the best that we can with the facilities, but I, you know, I think because they've only had one person doing the job and it was just, it is what it is. They just, we only have one strength coach and they'll work with whoever they work with, you know? And so now that they understand it. Well, look, if you have more people, you can serve more athletes, you know, and it's just, it's just, like I said, it's just educating them. Um, I mean, I wish I could say we did something crazy different. Like I came in and treated it like any other team or place I've worked. Right. And I think, you know, it's a military college, the oldest private military college in the United States. Um, I think my personality and my demeanor, I don't scream a lot. I don't, I don't scream at all. I don't yell a lot. Um, I, these kids get yelled at all the time, all day long. And so to come into the weight room and have a calm, normal human being presence, who's coaching them and weights and giving them feedback and asking them about their day, uh, has been a game changer. And I'd say, honestly, if, if there's anything, it was that part of it is I think they had, um, you know, a, a different type of strength conditioning coach that wasn't, you know, making kind of a lot of strict rules and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And not that we don't have rules. We've got our, everybody's, we've got our own weight room rules, you know, and, um, but, you know, I may have, maybe I'm a little bit on the more lenient side, or I like to call it the sensible side. Like I tend to not have certain things that I see in other programs. And I'm just like, I don't know why they do that or not do that. Like, you know, and I'm not going to, call people out and say what you do is wrong, but you make decisions, you know, based on the facilities and resources you have and, and what you think from your experience will, um, will help the most. And it, and it, it, we, you know, have been really successful doing that here. Sure. No, that I, I think that, I think that that's great. And, you know, your ability to see the diamond in the rough and, and especially considering where you came from, you, came from i mean the colorado college is you know a nice weight room and you, you started building the new one and then of course the nsca got the whole redo and that's just a phenomenal facility but i think it's good you're able to see stuff there that gets people excited like yourself and then you know exemplify that or get it out there to the masses just be like look this is I'm not here to mess around. Like let's, let's have fun or just do it how we do it. But you know, it, I'm a legitimate strength coach and we're here to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things like when I was thinking about taking this job, I was like, you know, weighing pros and cons. And I was like, I had the new weight room coming at the hockey rink at CC. And I was like, I mean, but it, I was like, is staying because of like, is staying for a weight room, a good enough reason to stay somewhere. And I was like, no, no, it's not like, it's not at all. You know, like, uh, I have two, I have 10 racks, uh, you know, 10 sets of power blocks, uh, 10 half racks, 10 power blocks, bumper plates, barbells, uh, med balls and bands. We have, we have everything we need to do our job here and do it well. Now we don't have all the things that we want. <laughs> we have all the things we need to get the job done, you know, and, you know, obviously the other good, the other good side. And again, this is where I saw the, um, opportunity instead of a detractor is, 
everybody here knows the facilities are not great and everyone agrees they're not great. And so again, the good thing that I see in that is that is another one of the big talks now is, Hey, we need a modern strength conditioning facility. And that, and those are, those are the words straight out of the president's mouth. that's told me that who is again, the one that I told you, you know, changed the job for me to bring me here. And so he has literally said that to me, that that's, you know, his number one facility's priority is a modern strength conditioning facility. And again, I've seen him change the job for me. I've seen him now give me a full-time assistant. And I know that the, this facility is going to happen again. It's going to take time, but like I said, we can, we can do the job that we need to do with what we have right now. No, I think that's, I mean, that's just a, really good way of going about it you know pros and cons i know a lot of maybe younger coaches be like hey i i got a new weight room like is it worth staying there but realistically there's a lot more that goes into that decision of well you know what's gonna make you happy what's the best place for you and it shouldn't just be a new weight room so where did your nickname dr jack come from and uh, like the whole branding of it because it's pretty genius and for a while there and i think it still is it's synonymous with you know scott caulfield the coach is dr jack so can you give us a little insight to where the nickname came from and what it's evolved to yeah. yeah yeah no it's a great story uh it's a really great story honestly and actually i have i'm looking laughing because i have the original artwork tacked to my fridge here in the uh weight room but um yeah my buddy aaron osmus who runs the pen and paper strength app uh, a few years ago i'm trying to remember i want it's god time flies so much but it was either 2016 or 2017 uh he came to the nsca coaches conference with sorenex and who he worked for and uh at that time and he brought this um basically like this framed cover of the you know how the programs that they do for pen and paper so he had the dr jack cover which had just come out that january and he wrote on it and said scott i thought of you when i was writing dr jack thanks for all your support stay strong aa and so he you know he kind of and and it's funny because like i think the irony of it is too like the dr jack guy is like jacked on half and like dressed up in half right and you know back in my nsca days i was business casual a lot or wearing a polo and then you know so then when i get in the weight room uh that's where you know double a uh kind of made that uh analogy from but he really he started calling me that and like it kind of just took off between him and like Dan McKim um, calling me that and like we, you know, hashtag it on social and it just kind of snowballed. Like I never, never, never have in a million years thought, you know, that it would do what it did. And you know, I have people email me and call me Dr. Caulfield and stuff, which I, I, I also do not correct those people. So <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, but it was very, you know, it was very fun, like how it came up and we just had fun playing with it. And, you know, I joke around that I'm the only pen and paper sponsored athlete that there is. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think so. that's great. I mean, you even have the shirt and stickers now, so it's definitely a, a fun thing for you. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, people take themselves too seriously, so it, it's fun to make a little fun uh, and and have a little fun with it and like not have to not be so serious all the time you know you gotta laugh once in a while <laughs> we'll be right back 
The GymWare Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does GymWare do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at GymAware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the GymAware team directly. Absolutely. I, I agree with they agree with that. Now, you know, you're pretty active on social media, which I think is a great thing because it's where everybody's at. It's where we can find some things. And you are, did a pretty good job in filling us in on your injuries. And you, you know, you had was it a hip replacement? I had a hip replacement, total hip in 2019, and then I tore my Achilles actually twice in four weeks in February of this year. It was brutal. Right. And how have those injuries changed the way you coach? Because I know, you know, I've been injured before, and it, and it goes back to what Donnie made said on the podcast once you just don't trust a leader without a lamp or without a scar because you don't, you don't. You know, anybody without a battle scar just hasn't done it. So, you know, with, with you, how did it, how did it change the way you coached? Um, you know, it definitely made me, I think I've, I mean, it gave me a greater re uh, appreciation for how to rehab injuries. That's for sure. You know, um, I don't know necessarily. I think I've, I've obviously done more like, now hip and Achilles research than I had ever done before as a coach, as a strength coach. So I think it's made a huge uh, opportunity and not again, none of your athletes are probably going to have total hip replacements, but the amount that have hip issues that eventually lead to a torn hip or labrum that eventually lead to when you're 50, a hip replacement, you know, probably a progression that happened. So like, I think it's made me much more valuable from that aspect is like how do we target some of these areas uh from a strength conditioning perspective for athletes or especially when the, when that's a complaint of theirs oh my hips are super tight or whatever it may be well i've got a boatload of hip stuff now you know that i didn't have um I think it was huge too for like the athletes to see me rehabbing too and be you know crutching around still training and doing all the upper body stuff. I joke around with my Achilles, man. I did like, because I tore it twice and had to be non-weight bearing for like nine weeks or 10, whatever it was, I did upper body. I like, I have had tendonitis in my forearm because I did upper body so much, you know? <laughs> and if I'm saying that, you know, something's wrong. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but to the point like where people were like, wait, I thought you, were, didn't you just have an injury? Like you look more fit right now than on the last, like few years that I've seen you. And I was like, well, yeah, sometimes, you know, it just, so I think it was, it was huge for them to see like me training around an injury. Cause it's like, nope, that doesn't matter if you're injured, there's still a million things you can do in here. So don't think that that's that don't think that's the reason to stop. But yeah. Right. No, I, th I think that's great. And 
you know, and you let us all know too. I was like, we were going through it with you. Cause I, I remember when you had the original Achilles and then I, you posted like a, a picture of your foot back up and I was like, what's going on? Like, did he, I was like, did he have to have a complication or something? But I think that's, it's good. You're able to see that silver lining in, you know, those are pretty severe and, and time consuming uh, injuries that you're able to get yourself through. Yeah. They suck. Really believe (laughs) Achilles is the worst. I'd, I'd get, if I, if they told me I had to do another hip replacement on the other side, I would do it in a heartbeat. Achilles is the, is the, is the worst. (laughs) I'd imagine. So I'd imagine. So now you were in a very special spot at the NSCA uh, headquarters just because it's our our governing body it was you you be kind of became the face of our profession now was that when you first got there was that originally the intent of your position oh yeah no no that's a kind of a crazy kind of cool story yeah no i mean honestly my the first position that i took at nsca uh when I left Dartmouth to go there in, in January 2011 was to work as an education coordinator. And I got there and uh, me and a couple other good friends of mine, Kevin Cronin, who's uh, in the Army with 10th Group Special Forces now, and Jason Dudley, who's also up at uh, JBL with one of the, whatever group is up there. Um, they were both in, they both started a couple weeks after I did. And we were all sitting in a cube basically in the back of the NSCA office somewhere. Yeah. And coaching like three, four hours a week. And we were all like, luckily we were all super kind of along the same line, just got along and loved to train. And I think that kept us sane, but I was definitely thinking like, man, I can't believe you just left Dartmouth to come here. And now you're wearing business casual and like wearing, you know, sitting in a cube every day. It made me very, very much second guess myself. But again, that's, you know, right place, right time, right. Uh, preparation, uh, six months after I've been there, I got promoted to kind of interim performance center manager and then it you know never looked back after that so um that became my new position and then you know somewhere along the line john jost who was at florida state uh as a director there he was um on the board of directors for the nsca and he and boyd actually were very uh, adamant that you know the nsca had lost kind of credibility or connection to college coaches and and really all strength coaches they felt you know high school through professional they needed someone to be more in tune with and they were basically like scott you need to be the guy like you need to go out and you need to be in the coaches you know you need to connect with them you need to get get them back to the nsca for lack of a better word and and i didn't want to be that person i was like what like no man I, like i'm good at coaching i don't want to go out and like be in front of people and do all that and and looking back like I never told them that, you know, that was me in the back of my head thinking, Oh man, I don't know. Um, looking back, it was such a great opportunity because I did like, you know, I mean, like you said, I was kind of the face of the NSCA, uh, you know, someone else referred to me as the spokesperson of the NSCA for a while. Like, and, and it kind of was, it was kind of like that. And, but you know, that allowed me to connect with so many coaches, you know, that I, that I cherish all those relationships that I made and, you know, like, 
being great friends now with Ron McKeefrey and, and Joe Ken, people that I had only like heard of or looked up to back then. And now I, I talk to those people all the time, Andrea, who consider them close friends of mine, you know, and like, it's just wild. And to think that, you know, that we did make those 10 years or nine and some change that I was at NSCA, I feel like we made some big strides in getting coaches back and making the organization relevant again. Um, just to show them that like, it's not just a bunch of researchers and lab coats out there, you know, walking around the facility, which is I w- what I think a lot of people thought. Um, and again, the social media thing that you brought up earlier, like to give people a glimpse kind of behind the curtain of what that really was like. And no, it wasn't like people in lab coats with, you know, um, with, you know, measuring biomechanic things in the weight room. It's, it's everyday coaches dropping in and visiting us and we're training athletes. We got the Chinese national team for short track speed skating that summer and the Paralympic sled hockey team and, you know, whoever else drops in. So I think it was just important to show people what really happens at the headquarters too, which I think, you know, goes a long way that that we want to know that we want to know that we're just not paying this $129 membership fee and not getting anything out of it. And that for me as a, you know, going there to work there was one of the reasons is I felt the membership benefits weren't that great. And so I wanted to go help increase the benefit to being a member of the NSCA. So that was a big part of what I felt like we did during that time was to make it more valuable to you as a coach, you know? No, and it, it definitely did. And it, it was definitely noticeable because I think right around 2011 was when I was, I think I was at Landau Performance in 2011. And then I went to a few other places um, from there, but to kind of see the NSCA grow and get some more awareness. Cause I think you're right for a while. There's just like, there's just some government governing body that lost touch with, with their um, constituents, I guess you could say, but, and, but you turned it into something where I was like, okay, like we can, we know it's going to something and it it helped that you were one of us and your help running the, the main, the main one. So I could be like, all right, like somebody there is our voice. And I think that's an an important thing. Um, I guess another question I'd ask you and, and now that you're removed from it all, what, and this was a question that comes up a lot, especially with my younger, like my interns and stuff. Why do we have two dueling certifications and if we're trying as a profession to become, I know, I mean, more legitimate. I know we are legit and we are making strides, but what's with the, the, the dueling certs. Right. Right. Yeah. I know that is frustrating. It's, it's always been frustrating. I mean, you know, it came up, I mean, Boyd helped them start the CSCCA, you know, back in the day, like he, he was, he was disenfranchised with the NSCA as well. It wasn't just like, a few people. So like, you know, he was one of the founding members of that organization. So I think, you know, it happened because it needed to happen at that time. And, and, and now, you know, the NSCA serves a lot of different, uh, you know, constituents, like you said, groups, right. They have personal trainers and now tactical, you know, is so huge and growing so fast and just seems to be everywhere. Um, 
uh, personal trainers, the whole nine yards. So I think, you know, because the NSCA is so diversified is, is, you know, why they're going to continue to try and be diversified. And, and you know, yeah, I, I can see both sides of the thing, right? I've heard people say, well, I only like to go to CSCCA because that's just strength coaches. And I, I totally get that. I like going to NSCA national conference because it's a mixture of everybody. Like I, I personally love the the fact that it's made up of all different people and all different areas of the profession that kind of have different overlapping specific areas. Um, so I think, you know, I don't know that there's a solution to that until, you know, we know that like 2030 with accreditation for the NSCA is coming down the road. And, you know, that was, seems like that's kind of a, one of the, steps in the ladder toward licensure was like something like that to happen. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure the CSCCA only requires an exercise science related undergrad degree as well. Um, again, with the, you know, with NSCA pursuing the accreditation thing, uh, some sort of internship requirement is going to be required now as part of that, that'll be part of that accreditation stuff. So I think, I think it's going in the right direction and I don't know where that you know, I don't, I, I would love to say that you and I are going to see it in our career, uh, you know, where this ends up, but I don't, I don't know that that's a reality. It might not actually. <laughs> team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world. Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.